Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Well, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Once again, we're without Josh. Hopefully, we'll have him back in the studio soon. Um, we miss his biting remarks and his sarcasm and insensitivity. Well, one of, the, one of the things that we ought to let people know is that when we're in the studio, we're recording numerous shows at the same time. So when he misses one, he's actually missing maybe five. That's right. And up to ten. That's right. You know, so. That's right. <laughs> no, in all honesty, um, I, I'm going to make a reference to a group of people um, known as the Inklings. And I can't remember which of it. This is Tolkien and um, C.S. Lewis. Was it Chesterton as well? Chesterton. And there was one more. I can't remember and one of them had passed away, and, and one had said um, that he felt like after the death of the other that he yeah. would get more of somebody else in the group. Mm-hmm. And then he came to realize that he, with the death right. of the one, he actually got less yeah. of the other. Because there, there is an interaction that Josh will bring out that we can't bring out. That's so right, we, yes. end up, we end up losing rather than gaining uh, more time for ourselves. So even though we harass him when he's not here, we do, um, we do miss him. We do mm-hmm. miss him. Well, we're going to cover a topic that I, I think is something that, at least in some point in time, all of us maybe have wrestled with. Um, it's the idea of when we're in a church and we see that something's not quite right. We're not quite meshing with what's going on. We see some things that we look at and we think, um, I would like that to change. And so the question is, how much is it that we should be trying to reform a church? Um, and how do we know when we it's time for us to move on from a church? And by reforming, you mean just simply bringing them back into some sort of biblical alignment on certain subjects, maybe? Yeah, and and the and I think maybe we should try to 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 wrestle with the idea of in what areas, quote unquote, should we try to reform, and what areas do we look at and say that's not my preference, but I would like to see change. But, but how much, how active should I be in working towards that? I think that there's a. Yeah. Uh, it may depend on what stage of life you're in. If you have small children or if you're a retiree, you know, that might make a difference because we know that even in certain churches that you might say have left orthodoxy, you know, there is a faithful remnant there and they may have a, a ministry within that church to one another in ways that um, you know, from outside, you would never have that ministry. And so there's, but if you, perhaps you're raising children and you're realizing there are things taught here that are unbiblical. And uh, certainly you, you don't want to see your children grow up in, you know, with that misunderstanding of God's word. Then there's a time when you should leave. 
um, a, a church, and you should make it clear why you're leaving on that, those grounds. And I particularly think in terms of those those minds that are are easily influenced by um, that bad theology or that um, bad understanding of God's word. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it all it all comes back to you know just what do you what do you mean by reform your church and and, and also uh, whether or not you're in leadership in that church uh, if you have some kind of a leadership role um, and whether or not you have a sense of call to that church um, but I, I would also say uh, if you're in a church and you're not in a leadership role in that church and the church is going in a in a fundamentally wrong direction or, or what you believe to be a wrong direction or an, an unbiblical direction. I, the first thing I want to ask is why, what are you doing there? Um, mm. you, I think that's, that's the time to uh, ask yourself why, why, why are you there at all? Um, and, uh, and maybe it's helpful to talk about for us, we would talk about what are the marks of a church mm-hmm. and we, I think we agree that there are three marks of the church, the pure preaching of the word, the, the proper administration of the sacrifice, sacraments, and, and administration of church discipline. And to me, those are kind of the, the hallmark, the flagships of if they're out of bounds on any of those. If there's, you know, when we talk about church discipline, it's everything from just a accountability to one another to, you know, and the ability to admonish, or even if there's somebody that's deep in sin, and to you know, take them through steps of discipline mm-hmm. uh, toward reconciliation. And if none of that stuff is happening, if it's just a free for all, and you don't have that, mm-hmm. and the administration of the sacraments does your does your church even practice baptism in the Lord's Supper? Is that something that's been left out because these are reminders of God's grace to us, and that's an important thing? And then, of course, as you said, the pure preaching of God's word. Do you actually hear the gospel, or do you just, or do you just hear, you know, self help? What's your What's your line, <laughs> and Bill? <laughs> Help, helpful hints for happy living. Helpful hints for happy living, or or just even things, you know, those kind of things. That that's an area in which you have to address first of all. So that to me is the core, and if the, the church is is out of bounds in those areas, I think what Phil is saying is you need to seriously ask yourself the question. What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a matter of wisdom, and and I don't think there's there's one correct answer. I'm thinking back on uh, uh, a memory from my boyhood, but back in back in the years before Russ was born, um, in in my home church in farm country in California, that church had had faithful pastors for many years, and then all of a sudden in the late '60s, uh, we got a pastor who was pretty far off base. And uh, was preaching uh, some things, uh, some theological liberalism from the pulpit. That uh, is this the 1960s, or we? Yeah, yes, the 1960s. Okay, okay, And uh, thank you, Russ. <laughs> anyway, you know what? And my parents didn't like what they were hearing from the pulpit, but they were not going to leave that church. And you know why? They had been there a long time, and they had seen a lot of pastors come and go, mm-hmm. and they just decided to wait him out. Mm-hmm. And after a while, he was gone, and they were able to call a more a more faithful, uh, a biblically grounded uh, pastor. 
Uh, so it much depends on your it's, your particular situation. And one one thing that I would say is do not try. I, I, this would be my personal advice, and I, I you know I don't have a Bible verse for this. This is just this is just Phil's opinion. Uh, do not try to change the direction of a church in which you are not in leadership and a, which the ship is going away, going a direction that you don't like. If you feel called to serve in that church and serve quietly and with love and with grace, but don't be divisive. Don't, don't, mm. don't, uh, don't try to steer a ship when you're not the captain and you're not even part of the officer crew. You're just going to create uh, strife and turmoil for no reason. Um, you, you, if you recognize that you can't, ch- if you recognize you can't change it, but God has a role for you there, and you can do it quietly and with love and with grace, then do it. But if 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 you're going to be constantly angry and constantly frustrated, uh, then I would say God wants you someplace else. I think that. And all things like you're saying, and you need to guard your witness and not be quarrelsome. And sometimes the best thing to do is relocate in another um, communion that's faithful to the truth. I think if you're having a difficulty understanding what you should do, James tells us if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and he gives liberally. And so you can ask God for his wisdom on that. I think it's important what Phil says, if you're not in leadership position, if you're asking them to change their, you know, their belief system as a church you know, in terms of, you know, you might be part of a denomination that has a very defined um, a church order or church, uh, you, know, um, you know, creeds and confessions, um, you're, not gonna, you're not necessarily going to change that. Uh, so you need to understand where you are. And that's why I said, you know, you may have a place if you're in your retirement years or if you're, you're an empty nester. Uh, that might be a time when you can have a godly influence in that if your children are growing up in that church and it's uh, contrary to the Word of God. Uh, I think that you uh, definitely should find a place uh, where you can have your whole family ministered to. Just going to give two personal antidotes. One is just on what Phil or Jonathan was just talking about. Um, I pastor a church in which we believe in, in covenantal baptism, which includes infant baptism. We've had people come to my our church over the last six years since I've been here, and in essence, come as those that are credo Baptists that believe in only adult baptism, um, and challenged me on that. Um, and basically, we're trying to get us to change our position. I find that fascinating. Um, I can't imagine going into a Baptist church knowing what they believe and coming in and saying, oh, and by the way, I want you to change your entire belief system of your church that you have subscribed to as as a church. Well, um, at the end of the day, that's just rude. Yes. That you com- you're coming into a church that has a, uh, a set confessional belief. You shouldn't try to reform. You knew that up front. You should find another church that confessionally you can agree with. And so yes. I, and there's, I, and, there's and there's and there's room and there's room you may find that your understanding of a certain subject is really not a complete understanding. So yeah. there's room for you to have a teachable spirit in some places. Yeah. You know, because uh, you know 
nobody died and appointed you God, so you need to you need to have a teachable spirit. You go in there. Um, so, like for instance, if they were to come to your church and they didn't believe in infant baptism, they probably ought to they ought they ought to percolate there and see what you actually say about that. I would love to have wonderful, healthy um, dialogues on that. I think mm-hmm. that's good for everybody involved, but not to come in and say, "Oh, and by the way, you need to change what right. you guys believe." Mm-hmm. Is, right. is a little bit unique. The other is I've actually served as elder in a couple of churches where I did have to leave while serving as elder. Um, some of the most painful moments of my life. The first mm-hmm. was in a church plant. I'd actually came in as an elder early on in the church plant, and it quickly became apparent that, A, I was way too young for most people to accept me as an elder, and B, I had come from, quote, unquote, the outside. Mm-hmm. I had not grown up in the Reformed faith. I came to into the Reformed faith. And for some people, they just could not get past both of those things, that I was younger Mm -hmm. and I hadn't grown up, um, and I was, quote-unquote, an outsider. And after serving for a year and a half, I realized that the church, because it was such a young church, I was a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up resigning as an elder and moving my family because of the fact that I was creating difficulty just by my presence in the church. Yeah. And, and I, I we, moved we on. Would, we would say there's room for reforming the church. I, For instance, uh, you know, our fearless leader here, Josh Bales, I actually have a letter from him that was written to me when I was a pastor in another church. He was just a member of another church. Um, particularly, you know, I won't even mention the name of that church, but uh, you could. T- he was asking questions of theology to me. He ended up coming under the um, tutelage of a of a man that now so, uh, you know is associate with us, and uh, and being reformed together, they end up reforming a church together. They were both at that time pastors of the same church, which became the Well. The Well is not the same church that it was ten years ago, mm-hmm. um, because there has been a reforming influence that has taken place through the pastoral leadership of that church. So there is a place for reforming the church. That's all our time for today. Um, We'll see you tomorrow. 